your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. You can download the app and join me tonight to watch the Kraken expansion draft in real time and get in on the action. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we're joined once again by Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. We'll talk a little bit of Kirill Kaprizov because there was a quote-unquote update in the process uh, here this week. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the expansion draft. And we'll gear up for the NHL draft as well. A lot coming up here uh, in the back half of the week. So plenty to discuss here today. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, veteran of over 10 years of Minnesota sports coverage, including the last couple of seasons covering your Minnesota Wild. And we bring in our guest for today's show, Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast, who if you saw me uh, have a little fun on Twitter um, last week, inking some uh, other podcast hosts to uh, to one year deals to hop on Lockdown Wild reoccurringly throughout the uh, the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season. Brett was one of them, so Brett, welcome in. How are things going? Uh, I'm great. I think anytime I am doing something Minnesota Wild related, I am in a happy place. So always happy to jump on and talk Minnesota Wild with anybody. So. Always happy to chat and debate and discuss. We should get the, I don't know, not happy stuff out of the way. I wanted to, since you guys uh, at Sound the Foghorn tweeted out a thread of uh, of what the latest is with Kirill Kaprizov, I figured that would be a good spot for us to start because there was a quote-unquote update, at least nationally, in the Kirill Kaprizov contract negotiations. Although really nothing new here in the Minnesota media landscape, but uh, you guys did provide some, some interesting insight as to, you know, what would truly be on the table for this big money KHL deal that Kirill Kaprizov supposedly had. So why don't we just discuss that here right away, Brett and, you know, is it, is it something legitimate or as you guys can, as you guys found out, maybe not as, uh, as big of steam as uh, we are being led to believe in the KHL realm. Yeah. I mean, this is like a bonfire being made out to be like a wildfire, honestly. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, you know, people like the insiders are doing their job. They're reporting what they're hearing. The Elliot Friedman's, the Pierre Lebrun's, the Kevin Weeks is, you know, what have you. They keep saying, oh, he could go back to the KHL and blah, blah, blah. But like, he could, yes, in, in theory, because that's his only option. He can't go to another team unless the Wild trade his rights. He's going to not not play hockey. I mean, he's, he's, he's 24, he's in the prime of his life. But, I mean, there's all this, oh, and then today the, the news is, oh, you know, Cheska Moscow, you know, gave him this big offer. Well, the the big offer probably at most is something in the realm of $2 million a year because their salary cap, in the KHL, at least this year was 14, the equivalent of 14.4 million total. You have to feel the roster of 23 players with that 14.4 million, which means each player can make an average of about $627,000 uh, U.S. equivalent money. Uh, the, the highest played K- player in the KHL last year was Vadim Shipacheyov, a former uh, Vegas Golden Knight who made $1.5 million. Like, 
unless they're giving him, you know, some laundered dirty money under the table, which knowing the Kirill Kaprizov <laughs> that we know, I just don't think that's his style. I mean, what, what it comes down to really is Paul Theofanis' job as a player agent is to get his client the best deal possible. And right now he's not budging, but at the same time, your job as NHL GM is to put forth your best forward, not get pushed around by your players. You hold the hammer, a special situation like this. So Garen isn't budging. So they're in a stalemate, but that's, it's a negotiation. Like, the, the the like the definition of negotiation is two sides coming to a mutual agreement. So I said, hey, here's what we want. And then we said, no. And then Garen said, here's what we want. And they said, no. So now what happens? All right, now we now we come to a middle ground. And that's what's been reported over and over. And I think we just see these new reports. And just because it seems to come from a different person, not named Michael Russo, people seem to blow it up and make this big deal. It's like people, this is the same thing that Russo has been reporting for like three months. <laughs> like nothing has changed. Like he's, he's coming back. He's, he's not like, relax people like i'm I, i'm the furthest thing from worried about him not coming back like and, and until i see him ink a contract with moscow i'm not worried and i don't think that's happening yeah this is just this is just a classic case of there's no hockey on the schedule right now and so the mind tends to wander unless you're following the minnesota twins which why would you be at this point or Sorry for you if you're watching the remainder of the nba finals like if you're not doing that mind is wandering and so you see any of the news that is out there but as you said it's just all rehashed stuff so everybody just take a breath we'll get through this and once it's done everybody that has been preaching patience will celebrate and I told you so exactly <laughs> so we just we just need to get through this this lull in the off season thankfully Things pick up here the rest of this week uh, and into next week with free agency coming next week, the expansion draft coming. Um, when you hear this episode being recorded on Tuesday night, we'll play on Wednesday. The expansion draft Wednesday night, the NHL draft on Friday night. So there is a lot uh, going on that uh, that will keep us busy. Uh, Brett, before we move on, not the only player that is involved in contract negotiations. Of course, Kevin Fiala, the other. And I saw on The Athletic the other day that uh, there were some interesting kind of ranges in what Fiala could command uh, with an extension with the Wild. And it seemed as though the Wild were more were, uh, more willing to go with a shorter, year, a shorter deal in terms of years for Fiala than they are for, say, Kaprizov, and they were for Jewel Erickson Eck. Before I move on to expansion, what do you think about the Fiala negotiations? Do you expect to see him sign something in that four-year range, or uh, do you think the Wild can maybe coax him into something longer? Fiala is really interesting. I don't see him see the Wild handing out the term to Fiala, nor the money that, that Kaprizov will likely get. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but I think it, a lot of it comes down to there. there is some questions, at least from my understanding, of whether or not teams can quote-unquote win uh, with Kevin Fiala, which I think is a weird thing to say. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, basically since he was given the opportunity to be the guy, has done nothing but basically produce at a point-per-game clip. Um, I mean, I think the argument between, um, and I, I discussed this with, with Tony Abbott a little bit, and he said, you know, wh why shouldn't Fiala want the same amount of money as Kaprizov? And I said, I think what it comes down to is the totality of their two games. I think Fiala is you know, he's a very dynamic offensive player. He, you know, enters the zone with speed. He's often the guy carrying the puck in. He can shoot like the wind. He can skate like the wind. He brings a lot to your team offensively. 
Um, but I think in the defensive zone, he, he leaves a lot to be desired. Um, you know, he, we, we do know he, he does turn the puck over, but so do the best players in the league. The guys who create offense are going to also create turnovers because they're taking chances. So I don't think that's as big of a deal as people make it out to be, but you know, there are some hiccups in his game defensively. We've seen him get the press box for, for those type of mistakes in the past as well. And I think that's also just, you know, that's a long time relationship with, with Dean Evison too, and, and wanting, you know, to push Kevin Fiala and knowing that he can and to make that move. So I think for me, that's really what the difference is. And I think on top of that too, I think Kirill Kaprizov brings a little more of that dynamism in, in terms of he he's, has a little bit more of that playmaking ability um, than Fiala does. So I think, you know, all in all, the totality is probably about a $2 million difference, but I don't blame Kevin Fiala for coming in high for, for saying what he's worth. But I think at this time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett is kind of holding off on, on a negotiation to see what he's going to get done with Kaprizov. Uh, as we know, they're still exploring a trade market for Jack Eichel, potentially other centers like Sam Reinhart, Christian Dvorak. Um, you know, you had to move money out somehow. And I think, you know, with, with Ryan Seward being bought out, and the slight potential of Carson Soucy leaving, I think for the moment you're, you're standing pat on Matt Dumba. So to me, he's the most tradable big money contract you have at the moment. And he's probably at about as high as values you'll ever get trade-wise coming off of another strong season. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just kind of waiting a little bit, just kind of see how expansion shakes out, you know, you know, and, and then explore the market for what teams are willing to move after they learn who they're moving, what they're trying to get. So I would imagine after probably the entry draft or around the draft, we'll see those negotiations maybe pick up or potentially even trade it if it means bringing in a really significant name as well. The Jack Eichel sweepstakes continues. And so, you know, we we are on like I feel like I've been on Jack Eichel watch for like a month in that, you know, you just kind of get the sense on Wild or NHL Twitter when there's like electricity in the air where you kind of get the sense that something is going to happen. And so you're like, okay, is this it? Is this going to be Eichel? But yeah, I I don't know. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later uh, here today. But uh, when we come back, we will discuss the expansion draft. Who is now protected? Who is going to Seattle? What's going to happen with Carey Price? We'll we'll cover the expansion draft next with Brett Marshall of Sound the Foghorn here on Locked On Wild. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You can find Lockdown Wild Rooms once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Lockdown Wild podcast through our Green Room conversations. So go download the free Green Room app now currently available on all ios devices be sure to create a profile link your twitter and join the nhl group for the latest league updates follow me at seth topes to be notified when my room goes live i know you will not want to miss this i'm planning to host tonight's expansion watch party at seven o'clock can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on who the kraken select off the wilds roster we'll see you tonight green room Changing the way we talk sports. This July, Built Bar is asking you to celebrate freedom of choice. Built Bar has an assortment of amazing flavors from coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My personal favorite is raspberry. Yours might be some other flavor. So you can try a mixed box that has two each of the nine flavors. The best part about Built Bar, though, they are amazingly healthy. Each bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges from 130 to 180 calories, 
contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So they not only taste great, but they're good for you as well. And how about this? Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Continuing our chat with Brett Marshall of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. And Brett, let's talk about the expansion draft, which uh, is coming up here on uh, Wednesday night. And a little bit of a different picture with who the Wilds are uh, protecting than we saw even last week. And it comes down to a couple of names. Most of the steam has been Capo Kakinen. Most of the other steam has been Carson Soucy. Has been a little bit of steam, at least, I suppose, exploring the options in uh, Nick Bugstad and Victor Rask as well. I think it's more so us trying to get Victor Rask to Seattle. (laughs) But um, where are you at with who you believe uh, will end up being selected by the Kraken? Man, how things have changed, because I think had you asked me on Saturday night, I would have said it's 99.9% sure it's going to be Carson Soucy. Um, I, I think that's where I stood really firmly. And all of a sudden, trade deadline part two hit um, with all these teams m- moving players, asking you know players to, to waive no movement clauses. And we saw all these surprises with things like Carey Price waving his no move, Ben Bishop waving his no move, um, the, the Coyotes and, and, the, and the Sharks making a trade for, for Aiden Hill. Um, and, and I bring up those three names because I was – pretty confident that Anton Hudobin, Jake Allen, and Aiden Hill were three goalies that Seattle was likely probably pursuing heavily along with Chris Dreger from from Florida. And all of a sudden these three those three guys got protected. And now you're looking at, you know, a lot of, you know, sure there's more starting goalies in the market, but now you have Ben Bishop who's aging has some injury concerns. You have a $10.5 million carry price who, if you take without retaining, without any salary attention, is eating an eighth of your salary cap for the next five years. I'm in a flat cap world as an expansion team. That's a pretty big commitment. I don't see that happening. Uh, and then, you know, Aiden Hill was, it was a, seemed like a softball for Arizona who didn't really have many options. And now he goes off to San Jose and is protected by them. So all of a sudden the goalie options really thinned out really quick. And, I can't. I believe it's the. I got. I got to give some credit here too. I believe it's Minnesota Wild Farm Report. I don't know the at on Twitter, um, but they do a really good job of keeping up with kind of the AHL squad. And I, I, I tweeted out that hey, all of a sudden Capital Cack, and it's got to look attractive. I mean, you got a 24 year old goaltender making a minimum of 725k, and then they pointed out in addition to that, he still has waiver eligibility, which I think is huge because now he's a guy that you can bring up as a backup. You can send down for another year in the AHL, and you don't have to worry about putting him on waivers or losing him to somebody else. So I think from that standpoint, it's either a backup or a number three goalie. He's really attractive, and then I think you know if if there's a surplus of, of a position for the expansion draft, it's bottom pairing left handed defenseman, which is what Carson Soucy is. I mean, there. Is there belief that maybe he's a top four guy potentially, but we've seen him in that role in Minnesota and he's struggled with those a little bit more difficult matchups. I think he's a great number five. I think he'd be fine in Seattle, but I just think they have so many options that fit the archetype that Carson Soucy is and so few options at goaltending that I think my, my mood has totally shifted from where I was three days ago to now. And, and it being that Capo Kakin and it is going to be the guy and Elliot Friedman reported that that he, he's there. Michael Russo thinks he's going to be there. It seems the consensus of hockey Twitter doing mock drafts, that's going to be Kakanen. So for me, it's the best case scenario for the wild because I think, uh, you know, there's going to be backup goalies to be had in, in the free agent market. So you're keeping Carson Soucy, you're keeping Matt Dumba. Like you still have, you got to go sign a couple UFA defenders, you know, for your bottom pair. Whoop-de-doo. Like I, I, 
for, for a guy that personally, I don't think Kakinen has stutter upside. Maybe he turns in the next Darcy Kemper, but that's a pretty big bet. Um, and I think, you know, the wild are kind of in that camp as well. So I think this is really shaking out to be, you know, the wild went from this expansion crisis a week ago to now being losing Capo Kakinen. Yeah. All right. No well, and the the thing with Capo and I've kind of, I've, I've been hesitant to even confused as to what we really have with him because you look at a majority of the numbers that he put up and you're talking about playing Arizona, San Jose, the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks and playing them a lot. Um, and then you look at some of the numbers. I know I've harped on this a lot, but at the same time, it's got to carry weight. You look at his struggles against teams like St. Louis and the Colorado Avalanche. I got some, I, I got some numbers for his games against St. Louis. Let me find it. Oh, but like that kind of stuff has to carry weight, though, because those are the teams that you're going to play more frequently going forward. And you add in teams that should be that good or maybe even a little bit better that will be in the central division. And you wonder if a lot of it was just beating up on good teams or are bad teams, I should say. Yeah, it's it, th- that's exactly where I'm at too. And I mean, you look at, you talked about kind of having those softball teams with, with those bottom four teams in the, in the West that were just terrible. Like they, the teams that just don't have a lot of offense. Um, there's no one really scaring you on the Anaheim ducks to score goals, you know, San Jose's got a couple and stuff, but and then you look at you know the you know one of the three times he plays a top four team in the division in the Blues, he gets three starts against the Blues, allows nineteen goals on ninety six shots. That's a seven eighty six save percentage. Um, and then for the advanced stats guys like myself, he allowed twelve point oh six more goals than expected. Um, that was out of his I believe it's fifteen point five nine on the year, meaning those other twenty one starts he allowed just three point five three more goals than expected. So you know that's a pretty small number per game, but. It, it does make you wonder when you look at, you know, it's, it's a rookie goalie. There's room for improvement there. But just the fact that he got shredded by a team that was just, you know, average. I'd, I'd say that's what the Blues were this year. They're a very average team. And he got shredded by them. Um, and obviously that can go to the team to the team in front of him too. But, you know, you look at that goal save above expected, which accounts for, you know, where, where your defense been getting guys outside. And when it's 12 point more on, on 19 goals, I mean, he should have allowed, basically means he should have allowed seven in those games, but he allowed 19 instead. So, Jeez. It's a risk, but I think if you're Seattle at a $725,000 cap hit for your third goalie, the, the risk is pretty low for them, where for the Wild, it's, you're betting a lot of upside, um, especially if, you, if they had chosen to protect him and now you're losing Cam Talbot. Now you're trying to find a starter in free agency, and all of a sudden you're probably paying your next goalie more than what you're paying Cam Talbot just to get him to, to come to your team because I think this will be another busy year for, for, the, for the goalie market in the league, especially with expansion. Yeah, I, I would assume so. And, I mean, you can get – like you said, you can find somebody out in free agency to come in. And I would assume that, you know, and you can't, you can't really bet on this, but you would think that they're going to rely on Talbot more, uh, even still considering we're going back to the 82 game schedule. So you'd assume then that you're looking for somebody who can be a true backup and has maybe a little bit of potential to take over for a stretch if Talbot does get injured and, you know, There'll be there'll be a handful of go, those guys available, and I mean, you could just go to the Hamburglar if you need to, right? <laughs> For me, it comes down to like Capo Kacken this year was what the Wild needed him to be, and that was a competent yes. backup. But I just think competent backups aren't that hard to find, and I just do wonder if there's a real ceiling there. I think other people think it's there more than others. I, I just think the you know they see this rookie goalie play one year and think we have a goalie of the future, but. 
I mean, we had Scott Wheeler on our podcast. We, we asked him about Kacken and he basically said, you know, this was before the season, mind you, too. And he said, you know, I just don't see him as much more than maybe a, a, a good career backup. And that's fine. Lots of goalies have made careers out of being really good backups. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, I think the other thing to look at, too, is you look at this this upcoming entry draft. You have two goalies in uh, Jesper Volstadt and Sebastian Kosa. Um, both of them are projected to probably go in the 10 to 20 range. The Wild have two first-round picks. If they really want to go get a goalie in the future, they could probably potentially trade up. That's an option they have on the table as well. So maybe that's something they're eyeing if they're going to lose Kakanen that maybe wasn't on the table before. Um, but j- just another, you know, th- there are options to get another goalie in the system. You know, Hunter Jones still probably has a little bit of NHL potential. You know, if Kakanen leaves, maybe all of a sudden Philip Lindbergh maybe sees a clearer path to, to coming back. So who knows? I, I, I just don't see it as... as I, th- I still think it's a best case scenario to lose Kakan to Seattle, all, all things considered. For sure. Tell you what, we'll uh, we'll finish up by talking a little bit about the uh, entry draft coming up at the end of the week. Brad, I want to get some of your thoughts on potential fits for the Wild at uh, 22 and 26 or 21 and 25, depending on uh, which end of the spectrum you're at. But we'll f- continue our conversation with Brett Marshall of Sound the Foghorn next here on Locked on Wild. It's time to take your sports betting to the next level with betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. The second half of the Major League Baseball season is underway, plus plenty of PGA Tour and UFC and MMA action as well. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs. So before the next pitch, before the opening bell, before the opening tea time, whatever it may be, head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines even another second. This is your chance to get into the game as your favorite teams prep for their runs to the championship. So head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device to sign up today and get 50% off of your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Final segment of our chat with Brett Marshall of Sound the Foghorn. And uh, a friendly reminder, if you do not follow Sound the Foghorn yet, check them out on uh, pretty much every social media platform, right, Brett? You guys are on Facebook or on Twitter. You guys are on Instagram as well. That's the primary two. I don't, we might have an audience on Facebook. If you're there and you'd like us to be there, let me know. But I just know as my age and younger, doesn't really use Facebook <laughs> all that much anymore. If you'd like us to be there, I, I can for sure put us there, but we're mainly on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and I, we try to break up the content, you know, uh, uh, Instagram, we try to be a little more analytics focused. We're more sharing other people's insights on the wild, getting that other opinion um, from from the outside and sharing posts. Other people are writing different things like that from other uh, hockey accounts. Whereas our Twitter, we're really more focused on being the absolute homers that we are. So, hey, that's uh, like the balance somehow. Yeah, that that's what we like. Um, draft coming up on Friday. The Wilds have two first-round picks, thanks to Pittsburgh. Still uh, get a chance to see how well we did in the Jason Zucker trade. Man, that trade continues to look better by the day. I mean, he was just exposed, like, and we're sitting here with Callan Addison, their first-round pick. So, yeah, nice job, Billy. Gonna gonna be a gonna be a couple of a uh, couple of wins on that one. Twenty-first and twenty-fifth, or if you're counting the Arizona pick as part of this whole thing, which doesn't exist. Then it's 22 and 26. 
But anyway, chance for the Wild to pick up one or two impact players at that spot. A chance for a trade, maybe. Um, what do you think the odds are, the likelihood is, that uh, that Garen tries to uh, to maybe swing a trade? Or is it more likely that he just defers to Judd Brackett again and gives him a chance to try to really knock this draft out of the park? Yeah, I, I'm really not sure. I've heard from a source in the scouting community, too, that there's a guy that the Wild really like um, and Logan Stankoven, who is my personal draft crush, um, that isn't project, you know, by most models that I've seen, isn't projected to be kind of in their range more further back. So I think there's a potential there for a trade back potentially to go get him. Um, I think that'd be a trade back from 25, most likely. Um, we know they continue to be swirling the Jack Eichel rumors. I would assume that maybe one or both of 21 or 25 would have to maybe be a part of that deal as well. So I think that's on the table. I think there's a real possibility. They just go ahead and take the best player available at both 21 and 25, because, you know, pretty much this draft, once it get even more so, I think than past drafts, I think you look at there's a clear base. They're calling it top nine skaters. And then there's the two goals we've talked about. And then I think after that, it's really wide open. I think there's a kind of a consensus on who the first round talent is, but there's a whole wonder of where that's going. I mean, look everywhere. It's like, oh, well, in this mock draft, said player went at 12. Another one, he went at 29. So I think there's this really big gap. So, you know, Judd Brackett said he's done their due diligence. But, I mean, you just look at, you know, they crushed last year's draft. Paul Fenton and his team crushed, you know, the draft that they ran. I'm just really optimistic because it seems like they continue to get really good players. Um, the thing I really liked about what they've done in the past and, and picks like Marco Rossi, Murat Husnadinov, um, you know, they haven't shied away from guys that are undersized. They, you know, they're looking for the guys that have skill. Um, and I think that's, that's the most important thing in the draft was we've learned with guys like Alex Dabrinkit, like Cole Caulfield, like don't let size scare you because skill will win out. Um, I think the big thing too, to look at it is speed. Um, as, as the game continues to shift to a game that's more in transition than it than you know the old ways of, of puck possession and stuff. So um, those are the things I, I'm watching just to see you know what, what what type what types of players they go out and grab. Do they do you know do they go with the safe picks um, or do they maybe take you know some gambles on some guys? And with two picks, like, I could really see them you know going with the safe pick at with one of them and swinging for the fences on the other one too. So it, there's so many different options and directions this draft could go. I'm really excited to see how how it shakes out for them. You know, the interesting thing in the prep or the limited amount of, I mean, I've, I've basically treated this draft like I treated any test in college. It was minimal <laughs> prep. Just go into it and, uh, and really try to just win with what you know. Um, right. There have been some guys that have some, uh, some character red flags. And I know the big one is uh, Logan Malou, who... Um, ended up actually requesting that teams not pick him in this year's draft. And, you know, there there are players, I'm sure, that fit that category every single season, but I, I can't remember a time where there has been somebody who has had such, a, such an incident that has led to them, and maybe there have been times, but has led to them just legitimately taking themselves out of the, uh, the draft conversation. Yeah, that was really an interesting scenario, and I guess you could call that a step in the right direction, but it sounds like, you know, the, the full apology to, to the victim um, still hasn't been made, and, you know, which is just kind of crappy. Um, I'm trying to think of, there was the uh, Coyotes prospect um, in last year's draft, um, uh, Mitchell Miller, um, I believe went to North Dakota, who 
bullied a, a, a black kid in school. Oh, yes. And that story kind of came out after the draft, in which case they said, ah, we're not going to affiliate with him anymore. So, yeah, it is kind of interesting that like like back-to-back drafts, you kind of have this, you know, this big character issue. And, you know, the, the agent of, of Malou called it cancel culture. And I'm like, dude, you're stupid. Sexual assault and harassment um, is not cancel culture. Um, I think it, it, it's great that, our you know our, our society is starting to really hold people accountable for things like racism for sexual assault and hockey culture as, as a former hockey player myself I know crap that was said in the locker room um, it, it was part of the reason I didn't feel comfortable in locker room sometimes because I just I've I like to think I've got a pretty good moral compass and uh, you know that's why I've been to the best of my ability trying to be an ally for those underrepresented communities in, in hockey because the culture is so toxic and I think just yeah. e- even if it's one thing like calling out these prospects like I don't care if you were 17 like you, there, there are consequences for your actions and I think it's great to see that you know the media and and, and fans alike are, st- are wanting people to, to be held more accountable for these kinds of things so it wouldn't su- I, mean, I hope we don't see more I, I really hope not you know I'm hoping that these are high character kids you know the next generation of of, of kids here that are going to reshape the future of the NHL that that's that's the hope and uh, Luke, Luke Prokrop um, just came out as the first you know gay NHL player too which I think is, is really awesome too another step in in the right direction so congrats to him because that was probably obviously not an easy thing to do either no and you know it's like you said it's it's great that we're getting to the point where um, Luke felt comfortable enough to do that uh, in in this day and age and to be kind of that pioneer for uh, for other players in the NHL. Um, it, it's just, it's a situation where I always, anytime there is an incident like this where a player says something to the effect of, I was young and stupid. It's like, you didn't have to do that at any point. Yeah. And you still don't. So uh, I don't know. Especially I don't want to just for, for trigger warning purposes. I don't want to explain what happened. But the thing he did, you don't have to. At, I, I knew that was wrong at age 10, you know. Like yeah. What he did. So if you want to read about it, there are stories about it. Just just look it up. But for the purpose of the trigger warnings, I won't say anything. But <laughs> it was he, he very clearly knew what he did was wrong. Yeah, for sure. Um, he didn't then. He probably needs significant mental help right before we let you go brett again appreciate the time uh gearing us up for the rest of the week um what do you guys i would imagine uh pretty draft heavy uh here this week uh, on sound the foghorn kind of getting us ready for uh for friday we're we're pretty much already done so we actually uh i'm gonna i'm leaving for a golf trip tomorrow we'll be gone all through saturday so okay uh we uh you know we we kind of pre prep so we have out there uh, with Gabe Gabe Foley. Um, we did a draft preview show with him at the beginning oh, yes. of July, um, <laughs> talking. I think we covered over fifteen prospects in that episode, both you know, kind of previewing the top of the draft, and I think we probably hit on ten to twelve guys that the Wild might look at with their two picks. So that's out there, and then um, we have now a very outdated um, Seattle Kraken mock draft <laughs> um, two part episode. Um, you know that got we were just sitting there on Sunday like just watching, Oh, so-and-so is, you know, now projected to be protected and -and so-and-so has been traded. And we're just like, Oh man, there's just like a massive, you know, meteor just struck down our, our teams. But I, I would say 75% of it's still pretty relevant. None of those players change. So, um, those are out there as a two-parter as well. So all, all the contents there. And then um, we will have a reaction to everything, both the entry draft as well as the expansion. Uh, planning now, um, if I'm not too exhausted, um, to do that Sunday night. So that's where we're at right now for that. So that would be out late Sunday uh, per usual or uh, early Monday morning. And then we'll do free agency stuff um, that Thursday. So we'll have two episodes next week. 
Outstanding. Well, uh, again, thanks, Brett, for joining the show today. That is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So as I mentioned, make sure to follow Sound the Foghorn wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow Locked on Wild wherever you listen to podcasts as well to get your updates on the Minnesota Wild all throughout the week. Locked on Instagram, right? Uh, Yes, we finally made it to the realm of Instagram. Um, I've got some things planned for that. Like actually took the time to like try to figure out what the Instagram bit was going to be. So uh, we've got that. uh, I think we got that cooking and that will be starting up here relatively soon. So Locked on Wild, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, bam, bam, bam. And you can find new episodes of Locked on Wild every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.